Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga and the creator of the Momentum Magic Method, showing you the way to becoming a confident teacher who seamlessly shares cues and easily creates sequences, whose classes feel like events, who understands anatomy and who shares their passion in a unique and authentic way. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into the episode. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 249. So I'm recording this on July 13th, 2023, and this will go live on the 17th, which is Monday, as per my regular schedule. I love, love, love having a schedule for the podcast because I really hope that if you have listened to more than one, you get into the rhythm of making listening to the show part of your week and you know you can depend on me to have a new episode every Monday. I think I'm running like two years now of every Monday episodes and I haven't missed one despite travel or holiday or anything. So I really, I do that because I know for me, there are podcasts that I listen to that drop on Monday. Um, the Mind Your Business podcast with one of my business mentors, James Wedmore, and the Rich Roll podcast, which is one of my favorite science-based uh, podcasts and health and lifestyle-based podcasts. So I want to be that podcast for you. So you can know every Monday you'll get a new episode. Today, what I'm going to be going over is what I call my uh, confident teacher triangle. And I'm going to walk you through what that means so you have an idea of what that looks like. There is a visual that goes along with this, but I'm going to obviously not have that available today because this is audio, but I think it is just as powerful hearing it in the audio version. And if you want the schematic, I'll tell you at the end how you can get your hands on it. I wanted, before I go into that, I wanted to start out with a, a quick story. And this was a story that came to me when I was recently on the phone with a yoga teacher. And it was such an apt description of what this teacher was um, going through as experienced by her husband. And it so starkly outlines and highlights the problems that yoga teachers have, and they oftentimes experience it as a problem and at the same time, aren't quite sure how to solve it on their own. You know, there's this famous saying by Einstein and it goes something like, it's really hard to solve a problem at the level of thinking that created it. And basically what that means is that when you are the when you are the owner of the problem 
it's really hard to also be the problem solver because unless you elevate your level of thinking to a different level, you'll keep spinning in circles. And I can absolutely say 150% that every single fucking conversation I have with yoga teachers exemplifies this. And it is no fault of yours or any other teacher. It is simply a sort of human experience that when we're in a problem, we often stay in that problem and keep kind of circling around, not getting results. And at the same time, um, not doubting ourselves, but oftentimes not really even denying, but not asking for help. And when we ask for help, that's when we get the elevated level of thinking that helps us solve the problem. And so the longer we wait to ask for help, the longer we stay in this cycle. And the story I'm going to tell you is a perfect illustration of that. And the story goes like this. I was speaking to a yoga teacher and she was sharing with me one of her main frustrations around teaching is that it takes her a long time to prepare for her classes every week. And she even shared with me that there were many times where she felt the pressure to prepare for her weekly classes and also felt the desire, the strong desire, of course, to spend time with her kids. And yet she felt the pressure to make the choice to plan her classes over spending time with her children. And you can only imagine the dissonance that this creates for her as a mom. She is wanting to be a mom, wanting to spend time with her kids. At the same time, she's feeling this pressure and because her process is such that it takes her a long time to build her class or to prepare for her classes, she spends, you know, feels like she has to spend that time doing it. Otherwise, she doesn't feel prepared. And the really um, sort of heartbreaking thing to, for me to hear from her is not only what I just shared with you, but that even when she doesn't spend time with her family, because she prepares for her classes, she still has a high level of anxiety around teaching. And in fact, said to me that she questions on a regular basis, why did I even sign up for this? Like, this is not what it was supposed to be. And so the part of the story that really struck me is that her husband, of course, is observing her on a regular basis like toiling away wherever she's doing this, maybe at her dining room table with all the books that you know, that I know pulled out around sequencing and whatever other resources she's using. And her husband apparently said to her the other day, honey, it's not like you're preparing for brain surgery tomorrow. And so I think what that to me illustrates is that to someone looking on the to someone on the outside looking in, he couldn't understand why is this so complicated? And yet for her, she was feeling this pressure to go through all these steps to create her sequence. And I 
I absolutely want to say this scenario is not for lack of trying on this teacher's part, nor is it her fault, nor is she not trying her best, doing the best that she can. It really is a function of how teachers are trained. And I have said this a ton of times on this show that the preparation that yoga teachers get to do the skills they need to be a confident teacher are so lacking. And I am qualified to make that statement because every week I speak to yoga teachers all over the world and they all have the same problems. How it affects them can be different, but I can say with surety that it is not an individual issue that lies at the level of the person. It is a function of how teachers are ill-prepared when they leave their basic training. So I wanted to start out with that story because number one, if you are spending more than 15 minutes preparing for your classes each week, you have a problem and you need to fix it. And it will not get better over time. That is a false belief that is in the industry that teachers say to each other, oh, once I get more experience, I'm sure it will get better, it being whatever their problem is. So I want, I wanted to start with that story because I wanted to, number one, highlight for you that if you are spending a lot of time prepping for your classes, that is a problem and it needs to be solved. Unless, of course, you choose to continue to have this problem and have this impact your life, but I bet you don't want it to be like that. Nobody signs up to be a yoga teacher to spend two to three hours a week prepping for their classes. I, I don't think that's what you wanted when you signed up to be a teacher. And I certainly don't think you want to do that and then still have to go into your class and practice the whole thing with your students, which is additionally what I hear teachers are doing. So oftentimes, you know, this particular cycle of over-preparedness is one of the problems that I hear about a lot. And I want to let you know that number one, it's totally fixable. Number two, I can help you fix it. And number three, it doesn't take a long time and any sort of complicated process to fix it. But what it does require is asking for help. And that's why I started out this conversation by giving you that famous quote by Einstein, because continuing at the level of thinking that you're at around any problem you have as a yoga teacher will only continue to kind of drill that habit, that bad habit in deeper and deeper into your process. And until you ask for help and get that elevated alternate perspective slash approach, and this is what happens when you work with a mentor or a coach, it's really hard to solve the problem. So with that, I want to share with you what I call, what I'm calling in this moment, the confident, authentic yoga teacher triangle. And the reason I'm calling it that is because I want you to imagine a triangle. And inside the triangle are the words, confident, authentic teacher. 
teaching where you want, how you want, and earning your worth. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment if you can and imagine a triangle and inside that triangle, see the words confident, authentic teacher teaching where you want, how you want, and earning your worth. And now I want you to think about what does that really look like to you? What does it look like for you when you are a confident teacher, when you are an authentic teacher teaching the way you want, with the words you want, your own words, not words from somebody on YouTube, not words from somebody on Instagram, your words. What does it look like when you're teaching where you want? Where is that place? Where are those places? What does it look like when you're teaching how you want? Right? Because sometimes I speak with teachers who are teaching hot power yoga and they fucking hate it. (laughs) And I'm like, well, why are you teaching that class? Well, that's the only class I think I can get. Hell no. Hell no. You have all the agency in the world to teach however you want. Now more than ever, because of the frequency and the familiarity of people to take online classes. So again, for you, how you want. And then the last piece, what does it look like for you when you're earning your worth? Because I bet earning your worth does not mean driving 45 minutes each way to a class where you where you get paid $45. I bet you that is not what earning your worth looks like. You know, in fact, when I spoke to a yoga teacher the other day, she downplayed the whole pay rate piece of her problem scenario, meaning She acknowledged that she was not getting paid what she felt she was worth, but she accepted that as part and parcel of, quote, the industry, which is bullshit. That is not how it can be. That might be what you are experiencing right now, but can you imagine if you were actually earning what you were worth? And if you don't feel you're worth more than $50 a class, That's a problem. That's a problem that's related to your belief about yourself. You know, so this conversation for you might be a wake up call. And believe me, almost every single yoga teacher I speak to has limiting beliefs around money because it's culturally ingrained in our culture. People are always looking for bargains. They're always asking how much does it cost, especially in conversations I have with yoga teachers. I get a lot of teachers who say, is it free? I'll only take it if it's free. Like, I want you to consider like that example I gave before, that teacher who's spending hours every week prepping for her classes If I can help her solve that problem and it costs her $2,000 to solve that problem and you compare $2,000 to the value her kids get from spending time with her every day, I would certainly hope that you would say spending time with my kids is worth $2,000. I would certainly hope you would not say that's not worth it. But that's oftentimes 
where teachers miss the mark. They look at it transactionally, meaning to sign up to work with you, I need to give you $2,000 without looking at the other end of the transaction, which is what are you going to get? And so that's why I often frame the conversation in the way of the problem the teacher is having and the result they get when they solve that problem. And then you can start to look at return on investment. But when we talk about this last piece of earning your worth, that's when you can consider when I solve the teaching problems I have, including some of the mindset problems I have, if you have them, I'm not saying you have all these things I'm talking about, but if you have them, if these things resonate with you, then you will charge more for your classes. You won't drive 45 minutes each way for a class where you're only getting paid $45. And guess what? You'll start earning more money as a result of solving your problems. So you can compare that to the $2,000 you spent to work with me inside my program for 90 days. Like we're talking three months is a drop in the bucket in time to solve these problems. I speak with yoga teachers who have problems like this for years. So again, imagine a triangle and imagine what does it look like when you are a confident, authentic teacher teaching where you want, how you want, and earning your worth. Because that's your dream outcome. That's your ultimate outcome. That's your Emerald City in the paradigm of the Wizard of Oz at the end of the Yellow Brick Road. That's what you're shooting for. That's what you're targeting. Okay. So now that we have that in the center as this confident, authentic teacher triangle. Now I want you to imagine a circle around that triangle. And inside that circle are the problems that I commonly hear from yoga teachers, prevent them from getting to inside that triangle. And the three problems I hear about all the time are, I don't understand anatomy. I struggle to build sequences easily and share my cues. And I have imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome can cover a whole bunch of different things. It can be limiting beliefs around money. It can be um, worry that my students are going to get hurt. It can be worry and fear that I'm not qualified enough. It can look like taking an additional 200-hour teacher training or a 300 or a 500 out of a fear that I'm not expert enough. And then at the end of those trainings and the end of spending all that money, still not feeling expert enough. So whatever imposter syndrome looks like to you, that's what it is. So you've got this triangle with your desired outcome in the center, but then it's surrounded by this circle. And inside this circle are these three barriers, these three obstacles that are preventing you from getting to that desired triangle. The not understanding anatomy, the struggling to build sequences and sharing really clear cues and imposter syndrome. So I want you to take a moment and I want you to ask yourself, do you feel like you have imposter syndrome? Do you feel like you don't understand anatomy? And do you feel like you struggle to build sequences and share cues? And you might say, well, I'm not really sure. So let me 
share some of the ways that these problems display themselves. So I already talked at length about if you have a problem around building sequences, what it typically looks like is every time you build a sequence or prep for your classes, you pull out a whole bunch of resources, you dump them on the dining room table, you get your laptop, you pull up YouTube, and you start writing out sequences in a journal. You then practice the sequence five to 10 times, and then you're going into class and you're bringing your notes and you really wish that you could just teach it, but you're nervous, you're gonna get lost in the sequence. So you roll out your mat and you come into down dog and you practice the whole thing with your class. And all in all, that whole process takes you two to three hours a week, every single week. So that's what it looks like. When you have a problem around struggling to share Cues, what that oftentimes looks like is repeating the same cues over and over again. It looks like going on YouTube and Instagram and ripping off other people's cues and saying them even though you don't understand what they mean. It looks like um, being really wordy when you teach and saying a lot of words without really knowing what the meaning is and, and not um, being able to be kind of succinct and clear with exactly what you want to say. Uh, it also absolutely looks like sharing cues that refer to things that you couldn't explain. So if someone came up to you and said, I don't understand what you're asking us to do, you basically would say, well, that's what I was trained to say. So those are ways that if you have a problem around sharing your cues, it shows up. The other thing in that bucket also can be that you're really nervous when you go into class, that you have a lot of anxiety and butterflies in your stomach, that you feel that you trip over your tongue, that you feel um, compelled to say things a lot instead of just letting your students be in silence. So the other problem, and these are the three things around the triangle that are preventing you from getting to that triangle, is not understanding anatomy. Not understanding anatomy in real life looks like things like sharing cues and referring to anatomy, but not understanding what you're saying. It looks like students asking you questions about the body and you don't know the answer. It looks like constantly going home after your classes and Googling things to look up answers to questions that you don't know the answers to. It looks like buying a bunch of books on anatomy, taking an online course because you feel like that's the way you're going to learn it. Um, those are some of the ways that not understanding. Another way that um, I've also heard over and over again is watching your students move on the mat, seeing that they're out of alignment and having really no idea how to help them. So these are all ways that when you don't understand anatomy, how it looks. And then imposter syndrome Oh my God, one of the ways imposter syndrome shows up, two really big ways. One way is asking for feedback all the time. If you are somebody who is getting together with your friends and after class saying, what'd you think? What'd you think of that? How, you know, how, how was that for you? There's imposter syndrome there. If you worry when people come to your class who are teachers, there's imposter syndrome there. If you're taking your 200-hour training again and signing up for more hours-based training out of a fear that you're not qualified enough, that's a one way that imposter syndrome shows up. If you are um, having fear that people are going to get hurt in your classes or you feel like you need to dress a certain way or say certain things or teach a certain type of class, that's a way the imposter syndrome shows up. 
Another big way that imposter syndrome shows up is if you're doing a lot of things that you don't want to do, but you feel like you have to do them. I have to cue to the breath. I have to use Sanskrit. I have to start people in child's pose. I have to do a peak pose in my sequence. I have to do forward bends after back bends. I have to wear certain things. I have to do a reading after class. You know, I could go on and on. All the things you think you have to do to quote, be a yoga teacher is also imposter syndrome. So those are the problems that often prevent teachers from getting to inside that confident, authentic teacher triangle. So if we take those problems and we flip them on their head, we get the solution. So this is where we start to take that Einstein quote, you can't solve a problem at the level that it was created. And we get the problems flipped on their head and we elevate the problems into, well, what's the alternative? So if I look at the one problem of not understanding anatomy, well, the alternative is obvious. I want to truly understand anatomy. If I look at the problem of struggling to build sequences and sharing cues, well, the alternative, the desired alternative is easily build sequences and share cues. And if I look at imposter syndrome and I flip it on its head and I say, well, what's the desire? Well, the desire is confidently being you, right? So outside that triangle are the problems, but then outside another layer are the desired solutions that get us to that confident, authentic teacher triangle. Okay, so now, now that we know the desired outcomes that get us to that dream outcome in the middle, well, how are we going to get those desired outcomes? So that's what I'm going to end this conversation with. I'm going to tell you how I get you there. So if you don't understand anatomy and the flip side of that is truly understanding it, well, the best way to understand anatomy is to have a clear blueprint that takes you through takes you through just what you need to know. Most yoga teachers aren't taught anatomy in that way. And because of that, they end their teacher training and then they're out on their own and they try to learn anatomy in what I call the choose your own adventure approach, where they're out there in the world buying books, doing online courses and not getting the results they want. And that is not a way to learn anatomy. You need a blueprint that's time-tested and proven as a way to get you the, um, is a way, as a way to learn just the key aspects of anatomy. The other piece of truly understanding anatomy is using why words. Why words are what I call words that you use in your cues where you truly can explain the why behind it. So if I ask you to squeeze your shoulder blades together and up dog, I truly understand why I'm asking you to do that. If I ask you to spiral your inner thighs back in Tadasana, I truly understand why I ask you to do that. If I ask you to roll the inner eyes of the elbows forward in down dog, I truly know the why words behind that. So that's the third, the second piece. The third piece is anatomy action words. So one of the foundations of truly understanding anatomy is being able to use anatomy action words. 
These are words that refer to the anatomy, but in a way that your students will understand them. So I just gave you some examples. There's plenty more in the cueing framework that I teach. When I talk about anatomy-based cues, I go into a lot of detail with that. So that's the piece about understanding anatomy and how you fix that problem. So now let's take a look at the struggling to build sequences and share clear cues. And the solution being to easily build sequences and share cues. So how do you do that? Well, again, the why words, we already talked about that. Using frameworks for cues. This is such a huge piece of what I teach inside my program. And it has to do with the four types of cues and knowing when and how to use them. So if you've seen my free webinar on the queuing framework that I teach, you know this already. If you're inside my program, you know this already, of course. The four types of cues that I teach are action, alignment, anatomy, and feeling-based. And the frameworks of those cues look like going into a class and making a decision about what types of cues you're going to use. So maybe you're going to go into a beginner's class and use a framework of all action cues. Maybe you're going to go into an all levels class and use a framework of action cues with anatomy cues as the third or fourth cue for every other pose. There's lots of different frameworks you can use, but the point is you have an organized approach to queuing that prevents the problems we talked about before, being really wordy, saying the same things over and over again, ripping off other teachers' cues. Because when you have a connecting cues framework, you don't have to rip off anybody else's cues. You can cue from what you know, and because you're teaching from what you know, your confidence grows. And note that I referred to confidence. And remember, confidence is in the center of our triangle. So that's why it's no fucking mystery how you get to be a confident teacher, even though for so many teachers I talk to, like the one I told you a story about at the beginning of this episode, when they're stuck in a problem, they feel like it's a mystery. How am I going to get to the inside of that triangle. How am I going to get to be a confident, authentic teacher? And most training programs are not teaching this because they're knowledge-based programs. And knowledge-based programs are great for gathering knowledge. They're not great for building skills. And if you want to change how you feel as a teacher, you have to build critical skills. The feeling will come as the skills are built. The feeling won't come through journaling or meditating or any of that, manifesting or any of that. It will come by building the skills through intentional action and momentum. And those are two huge pieces of what I lean into heavily when I work with teachers getting the momentum so they start to build the skills immediately and feel that momentum moving forward in a positive direction. The other piece of that side of the triangle where the problem is around queuing and sequencing is the sequencing part because we already talked about the queuing part. So the sequencing part is solved. The sequencing problem is solved by having a repeatable 
easily implementable way to build a sequence. And if you remember, I said earlier, it should be no more than 10 minutes to create a sequence. And I'm going to give you the secret to building a sequence that you are going to be able to do with a lot more confidence than maybe with what you're doing now. And it involves you making a promise to yourself that you will build a sequence without any resources in front of you. No books, no laptop, no app, none of it. Because when you build a sequence based on what you know, you're positioning yourself in a so much better position to be able to share that sequence well without tripping over your words, without getting lost in the sequence. And that leads you to feeling confident. It's when we go in and we've ripped off other people's cues and we've referred to YouTube and we've built it on an app and we've drawn stick figures and we bring in our notes and we throw down the mat and we put ourselves in down dog. That is not a recipe for easily building a sequence or successfully presenting and confidently presenting that sequence. So I call it the intentional sequencing method. That's the way I teach it. But I already shared with you one of the foundations of that method, of my method, is to create a sequence based on what you know. There are other components of that, but to get the whole picture, you need to sign up for my program. So the last problem that is preventing us from getting into that triangle is that imposter syndrome piece. And so I already said the alternative, the desired alternative, is confidently being you. So how do we confidently be ourselves as yoga teachers? Well, it's not a hard thing to do when you know what to do. So the first thing is we want to use authentic teaching skills. These are skills that we know that allow us to teach in a way where we're not pretending to be like somebody else. The other really huge thing we can do to confidently be us, confidently be you when you go in to teach, is to do what I call the walk and talk technique. You will never build confidence when you're practicing with your class. I mean, you might feel sort of confident, but you will always feel more confident when you are walking around and talking, when you are allowing yourself to be seen, 150% and when you are seeing your students 150% when you don't need to leverage your own practice to come up with the words to say and when you don't hide on your mat behind your practice so walk and talk technique. And then the last piece of confidently being you is getting what I call that momentum magic feeling. That feeling when you walk into the studio and you know that you are on the right track to being a confident teacher because you're building the skills that you need to feel more confident. And so you're walking into the studio almost like you're on a cloud. Like I know I'm making headway finally. That Einstein quote is not about me anymore. I'm not continuing to stay at the same level of problem. I've now elevated from that level to a new level where I'm all about getting results and moving forward. So all of those action steps resolve the three problems 
which gets you in that inner part of this whole um, diagram where that confidence, confident, authentic teacher triangle is in the center. And now you almost like a dragon slayer, you've slayed all the dragons, almost like the dragons that are, you know, around the castle and there's the moat. You've slayed all those dragons. You've slayed the problem of not understanding anatomy. You've slayed the problem of struggling to build sequences and share cues. You've slayed the problem of imposter syndrome. And you're able now, the dragons are out of the way to get into that inner triangle where you can be a confident, authentic teacher, teaching where you want, how you want, and earning your worth. And along with all of that, you've moved past the limiting beliefs that hold you back from asking for the help you deserve so that you can get to the center of this um, paradigm, this framework, into that triangle and be that confident, authentic teacher. So I hope that you have found this helpful. I hope that you are inspired by hearing this framework. I really, really hope that this conversation inspires you to take action, to no longer feel like you're the only one having these problems, to no longer feel like it's gonna get better over time and you need to suck it up and suffer through. To toss away all those things that you think you should be doing. To know that absolutely you did not sign up to be a yoga teacher to spend hours and hours prepping every week. To be worried that people are going to get hurt in your classes and all the other problems we talked about. You wanted to be a yoga teacher, I'm assuming, because you love yoga. Because you wanted to share that with people because you want to impact people's health. Maybe you have a really special niche group of people type of person that you want to teach that relates to who you are. You're a cancer survivor. You're a person with some sort of physical or mental challenge. Whatever it is, the world needs you to step up and be that confident, authentic teacher and stop circling in this circle of not feeling confident that's preventing you from reaching more people and helping them in the highest way possible. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've made it here to the end, I see you. I acknowledge you. I'm so grateful to you. If you want to hear more about how you can work with me inside my program, I want you to send me a DM with the word podcast. Tell me more. And I'll tell you more about how you can work with me. And I'll see after finding out about you, if I can help you. Thank you so much for listening. And I will speak with you on the next episode. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And the fact that you're still here and still listening is not lost on me. So thank you so much. Couple of things. If you have any questions, please contact me. Send me what your questions are directly to my Instagram DM. You can find me there at Bare Bones Yoga. The next thing I hear so much from yoga teachers that they want to be confident. They want to feel more confident. They don't want to have 
that nervous feeling in their stomach when they get up to teach. They don't want to stumble over their words. They want to create sequences fast and not spend so much time writing out their sequences and practicing their sequences. And they so much want to just walk around the room rather than being tied to the mat and practicing the entire sequence with their class. If any of this hits home for you and you want to develop into a more confident, authentic teacher in the next 30 days, I want you to DM me, confident teacher, heard it on the podcast, and I will show you exactly how you can get there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.